I was talking to my clients and uh, they said, Josh, in the past seven days, I had been working with them for seven days and we had this conversation. They said, in the past seven days, you have done more to help us get clear on our business and have clarity than the near $100,000 worth of business coaching that we have gotten from other uh, from countless other coaches and consultants and, and programs or whatever. Like hands down in the past seven days, this is the most clarity that we've had. And that got me thinking, I was like, what did I do different? Like, what did I do to help them with that? You are now entering a new paradigm. So here is my issue. I wanted to find the answers to life's biggest questions. Things like, how do I become happy and live with purpose? How do I make more money doing what I love? And what does it mean to be truly successful in all areas of life? My name is Josh Forty, at Josh Forty on Instagram, and I ask life's biggest questions and share the answers with you. My goal is to help you find purpose, happiness, and open your mind to new realms of possibility by helping you think differently about everything you do, know, and understand. On this podcast, we think different, we dream bigger, and we live in a world without limits. This is a new paradigm. Welcome to the Think Different Theory. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Think a Different Theory. My name is Josh Forty, and in this episode, what I want to do is I actually want to break down the way that I onboard clients. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I've found that when you onboard clients correctly, not only does it make your job way less stressful, it actually allows you to get your clients better results. It makes your clients extremely happy, and you're able to charge a lot more money and I'm going to explain to you why that is. Before I dive into that, uh, I got to tell you, it's been an interesting couple of weeks. Um, as you guys know, I've been off of social media uh, quite a bit, and I've been popping in here and there on some things uh, just to ask some questions, get some feedback. And on Friday, actually, I hopped in and I did a Facebook Live uh, talking about Donald Trump and the coronavirus and the economy and and uh, personal responsibility. And actually, I labeled it about politics and Donald Trump, but really, it wasn't about Donald Trump or politics a, a whole lot. I mean, I did allude to that. And I got interesting feedback back on that. And essentially, what I I did um, in that uh, live stream or in that little episode that I did there on Facebook Live was I just explained and I talked about how we can't really rely on the government to go out and uh, save us and that, you know, eventually you have to go and take personal responsibility for your life. And my point with all of that and kind of wrapping it around with it is that when you do that, that that's extremely liberating and how the more I get off of social media, which it then limits my exposure to the media, the more I'm able to go get things done and go get more, you know, and, and, and focus, right? And I explained how in the past two weeks that I have been off of social media primarily and been primarily focused on my business, my business has blown up has really, really exploded. And not only that, because I've become busier in my business and I've taken on more responsibilities and we've taken on more clients or whatnot, it's forced me to actually look at problems in my business that I didn't know existed and to identify things in my business that were actually going really, really well that I didn't even realize that I was doing well until I listened to my customers, listened to you guys and the listeners to go like, oh, oh, you're struggling with that problem? How do I take care of that in my business? 
Oh, oh, I do it that way. Interesting. Is that working for me? And when I did that, and when I, when I do those things, that leads me to identify, okay, these are different content episodes that um, I can do. These are different areas that you guys can struggle with. And so little quick pro tip, side note, if you are ever looking for content pieces to create for your podcast or for your Facebook Live, for your Facebook group, for your audience, go in and look at your own business and start to identify problems that you are facing but also things that you are doing well. And then go listen to your customers, listen to your audience, listen to your clients, even getting on the phone with them and see where they're struggling and be like, oh, are you struggling there? How am I doing that in my business? And share that. If you're doing well in your business, share what you're doing well. If you're doing poorly in areas of your business, share that you were doing poorly with that and how you plan to go over and overcome that. And that really builds trust. And that's actually how it led me to this conversation or this podcast episode about onboarding clients. Um, it's interesting. I did a, a, a Instagram story poll um, last week. I, I hopped on really quick. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday of last week. I forget. But uh, I downloaded Instagram real quick. I was checking some stuff. I had to reply to a couple people uh, or DM some a couple people for um, some uh, leads that we're working with. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to hop on here and say hi to everybody. I'm on. No, no big deal, right? And so I did. And um, I, I explained. I said, hey, you know, welcome back. Or like, hey, I'm kind of back here for the day. Just real quick, popping in, saying hi, letting you know how everything's going. Um, and then I ran a poll. I said, hey, guys, um, I'm actually going through. And as you may have noticed with my podcast, I've gone and I have shifted shifted gears a little bit. I have uh, kind of pulled away from interviews a little bit and I am focusing a little bit more on solo episodes and creating content around topics that you guys want in your, or, or that you guys um, are struggling with in your business. And I'm showing you how we're dealing with them and what we're doing. And it started with me outlining the changes that I'm making for my business for the coronavirus and then why I'm taking two weeks on social media and how I'm adjusting my product, which, oh my gosh, guys, I cannot wait until we launch this product. It's going to take me probably a week longer, a week and a half longer than I thought it was going to, but it is so worth it. I cannot wait for you guys. We just got um, revenue numbers back. Um, $400,000, 400 grand is how much our clients have collected um, in the past 90 days um, from the audience hacking framework and from the Facebook group launches that we've done. It's just been awesome. I, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Uh, and, and we've got more clients in the pipeline that are just, we're doing a launch this week. Well, we started last week and they're in the middle. This is a uh, launch week for them and it's going awesome. Uh, I can't wait to bring it to you guys. It's going to be amazing. But I, I've, I've shifted my content a little bit because while I, my goal, why my dream is to go build Think Different Theory into a multi-million download a month podcast that doesn't just talk about business. It talks about topics that matter and faith and God and politics, religion, whatever, right? I first have to build my business and I first have to make sure that you guys are taken care of. I first have to serve you guys. I got to build my base, right? And then I can go get people to listen. I can go, you know, fund it or whatnot. And so I went, okay, right? How, how do I serve my audience? How do I serve you guys? And that's what led me to making the shift a little bit. And so one of the things that uh, was interesting is I was talking to a client this past week, and this is how this came up, actually. Um, this, how do I onboard my clients is um, I was talking to my clients and uh, they said, Josh, in the past seven days, I'd been working with them for seven days and we had this conversation. They said, in the past seven days, you have done more to help us get clear on our business and have clarity than the near $100,000 worth of co business coaching that we have gotten from other, uh, from countless other coaches and um, consultants and, and co programs or whatever. Like hands down in the past seven days, this is the most clarity that we've had. Like you sped up that process. And that got me thinking, I was like, what did I do different? 
Like, wh- why am I, like, what did I do to help them with that? And so I kind of dug down a little bit deeper onto that. And so then I went back and I looked at what other, I had done with other clients that had had major success and other clients that had had other success or that had not had not as much success. And what was interesting was, is that not in, this is not, this is not hundred percent responsible for it, but a large reason, a large majority of uh, the fact that I ha- we've had success early with our clients was due to the way that I onboarded them. And I don't have like, you know, a super secret formula or I don't do something that like nobody else teaches or does. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm simply laying this out because I have found that when I follow these steps in onboarding my clientele, that I am able to charge more money. And I'll explain why here in a second. The clients are happier. My workload actually gets a little bit lighter and I am actually able to deliver, deliver a much better result and do a much better overall job with them because I've set the expectation up front, all right? So I looked at them and I was like, okay, what did, what did I do? And so I actually went back and um, I voxed uh, one of my other clients that I was uh, fulfilling for. I had actually just uh, finished them uh, the day before and uh, I voxed them. I said, hey, wh- when, I, when I onboarded you, what stood out to you? you know, about this. And, you know, he told me, and so I went back to it. And one of the things that my client said was, he goes, well, Josh, the the first thing that I noticed that you did was you just reinforced that I had just made a good decision. And I was like, what, what, what do you mean? And they're like, well, I mean, we've bought lots of different products from people before, but you know, we, whether, some, some clients will go and they'll be like, you know, we'll get an email. Oh, congrats. You've made a great decision. Here's your onboarding document. Fill it out. Right. Or a great, thanks so much for buying. Here's your course or here's your product, whatever. Right. And that's it. But they're like, what you did is you reinforced to us that we had made a good decision and you got us excited about what we just bought. Because what had happened. And as I dug down further and I listened to what they were saying, they explained to me that they had purchased other online programs before other um, um, done for you, like agency type services like that I had offered. And when they bought, they were hesitant. And then when they entered into their world, the person didn't do anything to kind of put their fears to rest that they had actually done a good job or that they had actually made a good decision with this. And so they said, you know, we're a little, you know, like hesitant to to part with our money. Things are a little bit uneasy right now, right? Short on cash. So we just make this big investment. And they're like, Josh, the first thing that you did was when, you know, we got in touch, we paid you, you voxed us back. You said, Hey guys, just want to let you know, I received the payment. I am so excited to work with you guys. I I've looked at your group there. It's engaged. I'm excited. I just want you guys to know that I firmly expect that this launch is going to go great. We're going to get you guys taken care of. We're going to serve you guys. If there's absolutely anything that you need, please let us know. Here we are, you know, um, here we, uh, or here, here's our contact information. Here's how you can get a hold of us. Here's when we're going to start, right? And they said, simply by going through and reinforcing the fact that not only did we make a good decision, but that you're excited for us and that you think that you're going to be able to get an awesome result for us made us feel so much better. And I was like, huh. That's so interesting. And then I thought back to times in my life and I remember um, very, actually, this is a, a great example of this. Um, I, bought a, I, I bought into um, a uh, uh, group coaching program one time. It was, it was five, I think it was $5,000, all 
right? And I remember being so nervous, right? When I, when I spent this $5,000, probably a year and a half ago now, probably, I bet. I was remember being so nervous um, when I bought into this, you know, this coaching because I knew it wasn't like, I wasn't like talking to that, you know, the person one-on-one. It was just group coaching calls and I was going through, you know, videos and like a typical group training was. And I remember the very first call that I got on with that, um, that, that um, coach in their group coaching thing and I bought in that day, the day that that call was. So this was just my experience with them. But th- th- as soon as I got on, the coach was like, listen, I'm here to get you results. I'm not here to be your friend. I am not here to, you know, be like, oh, well, was me. I'm here to get you results. I have a moral obligation to you. You bought in and paid me money to get you a result. I'm going to make sure that I get you that result. Now, that's not my style of how I do with my clients of like, I'm not here to be your friend, right? But that was that person's style. And guess what? It really spoke to me and made me rest assured that I've made a good decision because I bought in and I trusted this person with my money, right? And now they've reinforced the fact that we're here to get stuff done, to get you results. We're not here to beat around the bush. We're not here to make your thing go... And that's what clients are looking for. So the very first thing that I do now in my process, and I've noticed myself doing this, all of my clients this year I've done this for, and I just make a habit of it now, it's in our thing, is I want to reinforce that my client has made a good decision right when they get in. Because when they enter in to that, and then you reinforce that, and they feel like, yes, I've made a great decision, and the person I just paid is on board with it, that puts their mind at rest. It allows them to operate from a place of power, And it takes away this fear and the scarcity that they have so that they're not, they're not going to refund you now. They're not going to be like, oh my gosh, is this going to work? I don't know. It builds trust, push their minds at rest. You don't want clients that are fearful because then when you go and ask them for stuff, then when you go and, you know, have to just lay out the reality of where things are at in their business for them, they know that you still have their best interest in mind. So step number one, whatever I do is I make sure that I reinforce the fact that they have made a good decision, all right? Now, while I wish that was the only, that's all you gotta do and everything else takes care of itself, that is not the case. If if I back up with uh, going back to a business that I had, I I used to own an agency. I've actually owned several different agencies, but um, one of the agencies that I owned, we would go through and uh, we we had a team And at the beginning, one of our biggest frustrations that we had to figure out was how to onboard clients. And what was the struggle that we were running into was that one person would sell it, but another person was fulfilling it. And, but there was a project manager. And so there was these kind of this different these different pieces. And so we were confusing the client. So even though I was selling said product, right? And I would go through and I would welcome them on board and I'd be like, welcome in guys, right? And they were like, sweet, we're excited. We, we, we have confidence in you or whatnot. The very next phase, the very next thing that we would go into was immediately met with confusion because there wasn't this clear understanding of what happens next, right? And so what we would do is I would go, I'd be like, hey, awesome, congratulations, you know? And I would put their fears to rest, right? I'd reinforce them this, but then I would go, ping, all right, team, got another client. They're on board, rock and roll. And so then my team would go, okay, 
okay, we need this questionnaire done. And we'd shoot them over a questionnaire and be like, okay, fill out this questionnaire. We'll take it from there. And that was it. And a lot of people do it this way, right? Because step number one, onboarding clients 101. If you were to go to every random basic guru on Facebook right now, right? That's teaching how to run businesses. It's like so annoying. Like if they were like, how do you onboard their clients? Their secret hack would be an onboarding questionnaire. That, may, that makes you super legit. If you just have an onboarding questionnaire, then, then your clients go, listen, if you send your client over an onboarding questionnaire with no context, no understanding of what it is, no understanding what it's going about, they're going to be upset. And that was this problem that we kept running into. I was like, how do we solve this problem? Because I do need them to fill out this questionnaire. I do need to get this information from them, but they're having a hard time filling it out. They're upset. They're confused. And then down the road, we would run into these problems when they're like, well, why is it taking so long? I'm like, well, it's taking so long because, wait, wow, guys, my computer screen just completely shut off. Wow, that was super, super weird. I've never had that happen before mid-interview. Sorry about that. Um, it was, what was taking so long was that, well, that's just normal. Like, what do you mean? You expect us to have a huge, massive project built for you in one week, right? Like, and they're like, well, you didn't communicate to me. We don't know. We just thought, so they were thinking that we were literally taking their money and then disappearing from them and that we, they weren't going to hear from us. So we kept running into this problem of, yes, I was doing a good job putting their minds to rest right away, but then that was it. I was ending there. And so fast forward to when I'm back out on my own again and I have a little bit more control over where everything's at, I started going and I went, okay, if I was this, because I wanted to avoid this problem, right? I was like, if I were a client and someone, I've come into someone's world and they've reassured me that they're, I have made a good decision and that can be done in a you know, million different ways. What's the next thing that I would want? And I really sat down and started thinking about this, right? I was like, okay, if, if I needed to fill out a questionnaire, what would I want to happen before I filled out that questionnaire? What, what, what would I need to happen? And what I realized was, is that we were not setting expectations. The person had no idea what to expect. And so I actually went back to one of my clients from, I don't know, six months prior or whatever, you know, wherever it was, I forget the, you know, the timeline. And I was like, question for you, when we onboarded you and we sent you over the questionnaire, what was your biggest frustration? And they're like, honestly, Josh, like, I trusted you guys. I knew you guys could probably deliver me a good result, but like, I just got this questionnaire. I, I had no idea what was gonna happen next. Like, I just didn't know the steps. I didn't know what to expect. I just paid you all this money and it was like, okay, now what? And I was like, yep, this is the problem. This is the problem. We're not setting expectations. The client is coming into your world. They have no idea what you're like and how would they know? They have never worked with you before. So the second thing I do now, and what I adjusted is I was like, okay, what if I just went and I set very, very clear expectations? Now I'm an over communicator, so I have to be careful not to go get carried away with this. But at the same time, I want to communicate to my client exactly what to expect. So when they come in, I go, congratulations, right? You've made this great decision, blah, blah, blah. Here's what to expect. All right. Here are the next steps. And I go through and I have communication to them. And when I send over that email, I meet or message or however it is that you're delivering those next steps and setting that expectations. Maybe it's a phone call, right? Immediately once they enter my world, I, we, I set the expectation of what is going to happen next. 
and how they can communicate to me or my team if they have any questions. Now, listen, I don't have time to be answering super basic questions about, you know, oh, when's our next call going to be? Or, hey, can you adjust this link here? Blah, blah, blah. I don't have time for that. That's what I have an assistant for. That's what I have my team for, right? That's what my operations manager's for. So when I come in, when they come into my world, I made this shift and I did this with Brad. I did this with um, uh, the Axe Brothers. I did this with Steve. I did this with um, Damon. Bring them in, reinforce the decision. And then I say, hey, listen, okay, Congratulations, you made a great decision. I'm super, super excited. Hey, listen, I'm gonna send you over an onboarding um, email here shortly. Um, and in that onboarding email, oh, before you get to the actual button for you to actually click your onboarding, I'm gonna explain how our process works. But really quickly here, let me just explain to you, and I'm usually doing this over Voxer or video or audio, something with my voice. I really like voice. I found that it resonates a whole lot better when it comes to my voice, right? So I go, let me just explain to you real quick. So uh, I'm gonna send you over an onboarding document. You're gonna need to fill that out. But um, in the meantime, if you have any questions, let me know. So here's what you can expect. Here the next hour or day or on Monday, whenever it is, you're gonna get an email from me. Inside there, there'll be some instructions on how to fill out the onboarding questionnaire, um, what we need from you, where you can communicate best with us. And if you have this type of question, this is where you're going to go to. If it's an urgent question, yes, you can talk to me. My higher paying clients, I do give direct access to me with, with restrictions on it. And I explain that to them. Um, and I say, okay, so if it's this type of question, you're going to talk to this person. They're typically going to get back to you within you know, two to three hours unless it's a weekend. And I typically check my Voxer at this time and at this time. Um, and that's what you can expect. Now, all that's going to be outlined in the email, but I just wanted to give you a heads up. And then once you fill out your onboarding document, then we will have our onboarding call. And on that onboarding call, we will set goals. We will set timelines and expectations, and we will let you know what the next steps are. All right. If you have any questions, let me know. Thanks so much for your business. Boom. Whoa. What have I done here? I've gone and I've said, okay, listen, first thing I've done is I've taken care of all their objections because right away they've come into my world. I put their mind at rest. And now they're like, sweet, amazing, yeah. And now I've gone through and their next question is, okay, well, what's next? I have given them my attention through voice, through audio, through Voxer, through whatever. And I said, this is exactly what you can expect. And then I'm gonna follow that all up in a written format. Now they've seen the expectations twice. I have set the expectations. They know what they're gonna get with working with me. They know exactly how to contact me with questions and they know when we are going to go and set expectations for the rest of the launch. I don't know how long the launch is going to take. I don't know what their product and service is most of the time. I don't know, you know, how busy or backed up we are until I looked at everything or when we're going to be able to pull this off. But at the same time, I'm not just going to leave that to chance. So I've got to go and say, okay, I signed them on a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. I know that I'm not going to be able to answer all the questions that they have until they give me the information that I need. So let me just set that expectation. And let's see if that solves the problem. I started doing that. And one of the first clients that I did this on, like actually really, really well, was Brad Gibb. And I actually had to do it because I was traveling over across the country and we were on different time zones and I was dealing with my assistant dealing with stuff. And so I was like, Brad, here's the deal. I'm traveling. Here's what you can expect. Boom, 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 boom. 
And I remember um, on the conversation, one of the conversations we had probably like two weeks or three weeks into our, our contract, I sat down. And I was like, man, Brad, is there anything else that you need for me? Um, you know, any other questions that you have for this? He's like, no, man, I really, really appreciate it. One of the things I must say is you've done a really, really good job of setting expectations at every step of the way here. And that has kept me in the loop. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Man, I was really, really stressing that you were upset here. And he's like, oh no, absolutely not. You told me that that was gonna happen. Like, not a big deal. As long as I'm aware of it, I'm totally cool, even if it's bad news. And I was like, is that how that works? If I just tell my clients that they'd even be okay with bad news? And so I was like, I wonder if that's really the case. And so I'm actually one of my current clients, um, uh, it was like three days ago, I think. Yeah, three days ago. I, I said, hey, I just wanna prepare you. Worst case scenario, let's play out what this would look like. And so I like played it out for him. And I said, so now you know what to expect if it's worst case scenario. And he looks at me and he goes, do you know how much better that makes me feel? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, I now know what the worst case scenario is gonna look like. So while obviously that's not ideal, at least I know what to expect now and I know that we have a plan to get out of it. I set the expectations, all right? So that's step number two. I go through, I set my expectations. I say, okay, first I'm gonna reinforce the decision. Then I'm gonna set the, their expectations, all right? Follow me so far? All right, I got two more things here for us, and then we're gonna wrap up this episode, a um, little bit of a shorter episode uh, here for you here today, okay? Um, so I started doing this, and one of the things that I noticed with one of my, uh, as I started doing this with clients is most of my clients were pretty good after that. And sidebar, business lesson for you. Just because something is going well doesn't mean your system for that is actually in place. You can have two or three or four clients go really, really well and then have that exact same process go very, very poorly with a different client if there's no system and process in place to take care of it. So when a problem comes up and you've not experienced that before, that doesn't necessarily mean that your systems are broken. It simply might mean that you are working with a bad client or that these clients have a attribute or characteristic that this client does not have, that if we go back and fix it before it happens, that it will prevent that problem from happening in the future. And that was one of the things that I noticed with um, uh, a client of mine recently. I don't even want to call him a client. We actually didn't end up working together because of this reason. There was a, a, a potential client that I was having conversations with about potentially you know, bringing on and working with. And... Um, they, they had gone and, and, and we decided that we were going to move forward. They had not paid me yet. And um, I had reinforced them. I was like, great, the verbal commitment, right? Yep, totally on board. Let's rock and roll. I was like, sweet, sounds good. You made a great decision. Here's, you know, here's the expectation. Here's what to expect, blah, 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 blah. And so we went through this entire process. And I noticed that the client wasn't really responsive. And they weren't really like getting back to me on anything. And they, they kind of would, they kind of wouldn't. And we kind of go back and forth on everything. And I was like, why, like, why are you guys getting back to me? I, you know, I kind of reached out to you. And I was like, I, I, I want to I wanna work with you, but I, I, need, like, I need response from you. I, I need you to be engaged. And they responded back to me and they were like, well, that's what we paid you for. Why do you need us? And I was like, oh my boy. Oh goodness. Nope, 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 nope. This is a problem. If your client pays you and thinks that because they've paid you, your job is done, get rid of that client. You do not want that client unless that's the type of service that you offer. Even in my complete done for you services, when people pay me $25,000, 
my client is involved because I don't know their business as well as they do. I don't know their customer as well as they do. I need information from them. This is a business relationship. This is not a, I'm taking over your business and doing everything for you and handing something back without your input on it. That is not how this works. When I sell a physical product, maybe, but not, not a service. Service is a two-way street. And what I realized was, is that with Brad, who we've had tons of success with, with Damon, who we've had a lot of success with, with um, the Axe Brothers, with Steve, with all of my clients that I have had really good success with. When I come in, welcome them, set the expectation, I put them to work right away, okay? I make them get involved right away. Because if I'm setting the expectation up front that I need that from them, and then I give them something to do, and they're emotionally invested into the this, then they're going to take responsibility if things go right and if things go wrong. And they're going to be so much more appreciative of your services, okay? Just because somebody paid you does not mean they don't have to work for it as well. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to do everything. For example, what I'm not saying is, hey, you paid me to write emails, write all your emails and I'll come in and adjust them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying though that I need their input. I need their feedback. I need information from them. And so one of the best ways I have found to do this is I have a very detailed onboarding document. And you're like, Josh, we kind of already, you know, like talked about that kind of sort of with the setting expectations. Yes. I welcome in, welcome in my client. I put their mind at rest and I say, congratulations, you made a great decision. I'm excited. Here's how to contact me. This is great. I set the expectations. Hey, here's what to expect next. Here's when we're going to talk next. Here's, here's what, you know, here's the onboarding document. But then that onboarding document, that first project that I give to them, I want my client working on this project before I really go and get involved on it. Because there's things that I'm going to need from them and I'm going to want to see how coachable, how much they're going to work with me on this before I really, really get started. Now, don't abuse that, right? Like I'm talking like for a day. I'm not talking for like a week, right? But I'll go and with Brad and with, I mean, the, my onboarding document for clients, guys, is intense. I see some people that are like, here, quick, fill out this quick onboarding document takes five to 10 minutes. I'm like, how do you get the, I just paid you $20,000 for something. How are you going to get all the information that you need from me in 10 minutes? I tell my clients, my onboarding document process is going to be at least an hour, like plan on at least an hour to fill it out. And then on top of that, our onboarding call is usually two hours. And then our master story call is usually three hours. All right. And these are legitimate things. And they usually are about that exact thing. I have about an hour, um, and it takes them about an hour to fill out an onboarding process, two hours on our onboarding call, and three hours on our master story call. In the onboarding document, I'm not involved at all. It's just a form that they're filling out. And it's you know, super, super long. And they have to fill out all this, that. And then that's them working, me not so much. Then on our onboarding call, it's equal, right? It's both of our times. I'm asking them some questions. They're asking me some questions. We're working out details. We're setting expectations. We're kind of figuring out and we're kind of brainstorming back and forth. And then that three-hour call, that is when I'm building out my master story, all right? And that's, and it's neither here nor there. I'm just telling you with, not everybody has a master story. That's just one of the services that I offer, right? And so I'm on there and I'm asking them questions and they're giving me information and I'm restructuring things and I'm figuring out, okay, I need this from you. I need this from you. And I'm pulling it out of them. And that's where I'm really, really working. And they're just there to give me information. They're not really doing a whole ton of work right there, right? So what have I done? I have now put my client to work right away. And now I know that if they're, gonna, if they're not willing to sit down, think about this, guys. 
If your client is not willing to sit down and give you an hour of their time to make sure that you have the information that you need to do their project that they just paid you for, how do they expect you to go out and do a good job? You don't know anything about their business yet. And even if you do, you need actual information and data to go off of. The reason that most people fail with clients is because they don't actually have really good information. Well, I mean, besides the fact if you don't know what you're doing, but if you know what you're doing and you fail, it's probably because you didn't get good inputs from your client. And so I would, what I do is I'll go through and I will make them fill it out. Then I'll review it. Then I'll get on the application call with, or the, the, the onboarding call with them. We'll go back and forth. I'll make sure that I'm clear. I'll make sure that they're clear. We set expectations. We set goals. Then I'm going to go get to work over here and I get to work, get to work, get to work. And then I hop on another call with them and I'm, I'm now doing my work and I'm making them work for it as well. Yes, I'm doing all of the work that they paid me for, but they're emotionally invested in this. The same way that if you paid someone for something that they're going to need information from you, especially for a service in a business, right? If, if uh, perfect example of this, let's say you were having your kitchen redone and you're like, how much is it to redo the kitchen? And they're like, $100,000. You're like, sweet, sounds good. Here's your $100,000. Go redo my kitchen. And then you left. Well, they don't, okay, what's the design? What's, what color do you want? The, the countertops, where do you want the sink? Do you want this color or this color? Or what kind of, you know, like they have a million different questions that they're going to need to ask you. The same thing is true with your clients. So step number three is I put them to work and I put them to work right away. Because I want them emotionally invested into this. And if I see that they're serious about it and they want this done, that's going to motivate me and it's going to make sure that and tell me that I can get any information that I need from them in order to have success. All right. So step number one, I reinforce that they have a good decision or that they've made a good decision. Step number two, I do a very good job of setting expectations. If you set better expectations, you will have more success with your clients. And number three, I put them to work right right away so those are that's basically my 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 three step onboarding process if you will um, and obviously i'm not i haven't given you the the detail technical details send them this form make sure you ask these questions because it's different for every single product or service a bonus tip that i've started doing and started testing out i i don't know if this I don't have enough data to let you know whether or not this is working or not. But one of the things that I've just started doing on my last two clients, I actually just sent uh, something out today um, uh, uh, for this, is I am starting to use content to indoctrinate my clientele to help them better understand how to set up for the launches. So one of the things that I do, and this is going to look different for everybody, but one of the things that I do is I help you know, do clients do launches. We help them launch profitably engaged audiences and we're really good at it. But I'm not the one that is creating the content, right? I, I can write the emails. I can, you know, set up the funnels. I can give them the scripts, but ultimately they are the ones that have to do the Facebook live videos. They're the ones that have to do the landing page videos. And so what I do is I send them over clips. Sometimes it's a podcast clip, um, I sent over a, a, a long audio presentation that I had done, like a Zoom call presentation that I did to another client, um, another or, um, a client that were getting ready to do their Facebook group launch. I sent them over um, examples of my sales videos that I have done. And I say, hey, go watch this. And I'm indoctrinating them into my world and my way of doing things so that when it does come time to launch, when I, it does come time to deliver that final result, they are 
in my way of thinking on how I'm setting this up. Because if you're, let's say, I'm gonna go back to, to funnels and launches, right? If they're used to doing funnels one way or they've done funnels in their business one way, but I do it a little bit differently and I've built their whole funnel and email script and story and launch campaign and Facebook group around this, and then they try to apply their way of doing videos to that launch, it's probably not gonna be a perfect fit. And while it may work, it's not gonna be perfect. So what I do is, and what I'm, what I'm testing right now is, I'm saying, hey, listen, all these content pieces over here that you're gonna need to create, go watch these videos so that you know exactly what I'm expecting from you. And then I, I'm bringing them into my world that way and I'm further indoctrinating them into my way of thinking and my way of doing business. And then they're gonna wanna buy more from me down the road anyway, because I'm helping them out even more and more and I'm educating them as well. And that serves two purposes. One, it makes sure that the launch goes really, really well and they get a lot of value from it because they're learning a lot as well, so it helps them, okay? All right, guys, that's all I've got for you. Like I said, a little bit of a shorter episode, but I hope this helps. And oh, one of the things I didn't touch on, quick sidebar here, um, I told you that uh, I can charge more when I, I have this. Let me, let me just touch on that really quick. One of you, the interesting things that I have found about being able to charge high ticket is when I know that my onboarding clients and what happens directly after the sale is really solid. When I am very, very confident that I can get a result, I personally believe in myself and my product more to charge more. And I know that if my client has uncertainty on the sales call and I push really hard to sell them, that that's usually not a healthy way to bring a client into the relationship right? If there's fear and uncertainty. However, if I know that immediately after the sale, that my onboarding process is super solid, that I'm going to welcome them really well, that I'm going to set the expectation really well, that I'm going to get them involved really well. Then on the sales call, not only am I going to be more confident that I can sell this to them. And not only am I going to be more confident that they're going to be blown away once I, I sell them on this, I can explain to them exactly what's going to happen next directly after the sales call to kind of help put their mind at ease. Because a lot of people are like, man, if I give you this money, like what's going to happen? I don't know. How long is it going to be to see results? And if I can go to them and say, listen, let me tell you something. I know that right now you're scared to pay me that 10,000 bucks. And you should be. That's a lot of money. But let me tell you something. What you're about to enter into is the most transformational thing that I can possibly offer you for your business. I am not giving you a quick product or a quick service. You're not paying me $10,000 just so I can do a result for you. I am bringing you into my world and I'm about to revolutionize your life. You're going to walk in and right away, you're going to be greeted. You're going to be taken care of. You're going to be assigned contact information. We're going to give you exact next steps on what to do and what to expect. We're going to walk you through this process from point A to point B. And the reason that we're able to do that is because we've done this before. You are not our first rodeo, right? We have done this with many, many clients. And so we know what fears you're going to face. We know what questions that you're going to have. And we're going to address every single one of those. And if there's something that we don't address, you're going to know exactly how to get that question answered. And you're going to know exactly what to expect moving forward. So give me that chance. Give me that $10,000. Invest with me now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you feel like that $10,000 wasn't enough. And when you have that, when you can set that expectation because you know what's coming next, it gives you so much more confidence to be able to charge more. Perfect example of this, client 
today I got off a, a call with a, a client of mine and they, uh, well, I'll just tell you, it's the Axe Brothers. I, I know they'll be okay with me telling you this because they're going to do a testimonial about it. They said, Josh, we already feel like we've been working with you for a week and we already feel like we haven't paid you enough money. And I was like, so what you're telling me is I could have charged you double. And they're like, it would have been a hard sell to sell us double. But if we knew now, or if we knew then what we know now, we would have totally worth it. Totally worth double what you charged us. So think about that. So even if I would have had to push a little bit harder on the sales call, once they're in, they would have said it's totally worth it. That's the power of having a good onboarding process. All right, guys. That is all I have for you. I hope this was beneficial. If it was, just do me a huge favor. Just leave a comment down below. If you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, comment hashtag value down below. Uh, hit that like button, hit that love button. If you are listening on audio right now, thank you so much for being a loyal uh, podcast subscriber. Um, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. Our numbers are up. We had, we had the highest day ever in downloads on the podcast on Friday. So thank you so much for that. I really, really appreciate that. Um, super, super awesome. And I'm just uh, super excited for the future. Um, stick around. We've got a lot of really good content episodes for you coming up over the next couple of weeks leading up to our um, audience hacking launch where we're gonna teach you how to launch six-figure Facebook groups. Ah, I'm so excited for it. As always, hustle, hustle. God bless. Do not be afraid to think different because those of us that think different are gonna be the ones that change the world. I love you all and I will see you on the next episode. Take it easy, fam. Peace. Yo, what's up, guys? You've been listening to the Think Different Theory with myself, Josh Forty, which I like to call a new paradigm of thinking. And real quick, I got a question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message of positivity and making the world a better place is if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this is out on, that you like my stuff, and that I'm doing something right. So if you could take like three seconds out of your day and subscribe, leave a rating and a review, I would be forever grateful for you. Also, I want to hear from you. I want to know your feedback, your ideas, and your questions for future episodes. So be sure to hit me up on Instagram in the DM at Josh Forty or via email contact at thinkdifferenttheory.com.